Just make sure it's not acidy. You know, very acidy, you know, very, very acidy. And it's a much better descriptive word than acidic because it, it describes it? it. Yeah, it's very well, acidy. It, does it, it certainly sounds more grotesque that way, I would say. Well, it depends on where you put the emphasis. <laughs> that is fair. Acid. I had to yeah. think about that one for a second. Yes. I, I told you I wanted to spell the word acidity, A-S-S-I-D. Well, see, yeah. that spoils the bit. Yeah, yeah. You're there's not, no need to go that far. Leave to something to the imagination. It's a new word. I made yeah. it up. I wanted to spell it my way. Just, just, just yeah, but everyone gets it. Yeah. Just, right. You don't have to go that far. Le- right. Right. right, just you, you go right to the line and, and let them go, like you didn't oh, know there was a line. I get what he's saying. You know? All right. Well, I'll say happy Cinco de Mayo Day. See, si. for all and, and, and for all my gringo brothers out there, si. this is not Mexican Independence Day. Don't no. don't confuse this. No. Don't be stupid. No. Okay. Yeah. Just a just a holiday for Americans to drink beer. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Isn't Tequila. St. Patrick's Day kind of that too? Tequila. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. I mean, St. Patrick's Day is very Anglicized. You know what I mean? Like that's just the yeah. Mexican well, I mean, Independence Day is, is Anglo, isn't he? Right. What's that? What I was thinking. So St. Patrick's Anglo. So well, that is actually that is an excellent point. But <laughs> right, I mean, what I meant by anglicized is the is what we do here. But um, you anglicized Juneteenth. Talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, uh, so we are doing something cool today. I'm not just talking about uh, uh, acidy or uh, or or holidays. Uh, even though today is a good one, we always enjoy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, but We've got something cool to give away today, gentlemen. So we've got a Dave Chappelle and Friends giveaway to Las Vegas. So here's the deal. Basically, if you listen to us here on the show today, you'll have your chance to win two tickets to see Dave Chappelle and Friends at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas on on July 3rd and a one-night hotel stay. We'll hook you up with the hotel stay there, too. And by the way, if you want to get tickets for this event because you're not lucky enough to win on the show today – you can get them at access.com. That's AXS.com. And the tickets will be available beginning on Friday at 10 a.m. So, you know, Dave Chappelle, do you remember the first time you saw him somewhere, LZ? Are you saying see him in the stand-up or just saw him, period? Well, it could be a stand-up. It could be a movie. Like, maybe you weren't as familiar with his stand-up until you saw him somewhere. Like, you know, like, yeah, wherever you saw him first. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. Where did I first... Fine, Dave. And that's a great question. I'm looking at his IMDb right now to try mm-hmm. to jar my memory because I, I want to be accurate with this because I consider him our greatest comedian of this time. So I, uh, I would say so. Him. Yeah, I would say so. I think he's in that he's in that conversation for sure. Let me see here. Because I remember what it was. Go, go. Yeah, you go. Because I will tell you. Did you ever see the movie Con Air? Unfortunately, with Nicolas Cage, yeah, yeah and yeah. John Malkovich, yeah, yeah. But who and was the I funny guy? Steve John Buscemi, Cusack right? was also in that movie. Steve Buscemi was in that too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I, Steve I Buscemi him. was in the movie. Yes, yeah, so he was um, a character in that movie. Okay, and I believe, if I recall correctly, the character in that movie's name was mm-hmm. Pinball, oh. and he was Pinball. Gotcha. Yes. So that was the first time I saw him, and I was like, oh, that guy's kind of funny. And then 
after that, I, I didn't remember seeing him again until I saw Half-Baked. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, that guy is awesome. Like, he's hilarious. And then that – so I remember seeing him in Con Air and going, oh, that guy's funny. But then seeing Half-Baked, and I'm like, this guy is going to be a legend if, the, if he continues down this route. So it was actually Robin Hood Men in Tights because I did see that. And that was a was great movie. Movie. He was in Robin Hood Men in Tights? I well, know. I, That's I, what I was just like going, I, hmm. I do know that I saw him that because I watched that movie. Okay. That was and very early on. That's way great. before Con Air. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes, he was in that movie. He, Wait he, a minute. Like, went that around is one of your favorite movies of all time? Movie, 100%. Robin I'm not Hood afraid to say that. I love, love that they movie. They did that mockumentary right. Yes. It was so good. It was no, really no, it correct. was a funny movie, but to call it one of your favorite movies, like if I was telling you, you got to put your Mount Rushmore of movies, you're telling me Robin Hood Men in Tights is in that conversation? 100% yes. Especially wow. if, it's, if it's comedies. That's like absolutely. putting Sadell Threat in your top five Lakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would do that? Who would Who do that? Who would do that? <laughs> Half-Baked was good, though. Remember the other guy in Half-Baked? What was his name? Was it Jim Brewer? Does that sound right? Yes. Yeah, because he was kind of a cast member in the late 90s for SNL. That's also where I first started to encounter Chappelle. But then the Chappelle show. In right. The, in the late 90s, I was living yeah. in New York City, and I think the Chappelle show was really, really at its height on Comedy Central. And that was that show. I mean, the stuff that he did back then, I don't know, man. I mean, we talk about shows that could never go on air today, like the Jeffersons. Right. I don't know if the Chappelle show, even on cable TV, I mean, he was way, way, way deeper and ahead of his time when it, come to, when it came to really super edgy content. Yeah, you yeah, know. See, I, I, see, you need to catch up. Okay, tell because, me why. Because there's so much more edgier stuff on, on television now. Right, but, you, you don't, but you to don't his point, do you TV, think that would be on so, Comedy Central right well, now? Because like, I don't need I mean, but, but What am I missing? I mean, think, think about, like, just Game of Thrones. No, no, but that's HBO. That's not cable. You, you said, what do you mean that's not cable? Well, I mean, it's not How do you watch cable? HBO? You watch it on Yeah, cable. but that's a pay Oh, so you're, you're saying that's like premium. Like, that's different. I'm saying that, yeah, HBO is completely different than Comedy Central. I mean, Comedy Central is kind of more of like a cable TV channel, which is HBO is a premium pay-for cable channel. Right. Okay. So I'm saying the edge that he got away with back then on what was just Comedy Central. If it was on HBO, yeah, do it all day long. Right, Comedy right. Central. No, I agree with that. I don't think it would air on Comedy Central today. I don't know. Yeah. Because I don't watch Comedy Central, so I don't know what's on there now. I mean, I don't watch, you know what, during Does the pandemic. Watch Comedy I, Central? I, I did watch Trevor for a long time, and then the pandemic hit, and look, there are just some people – and I look, I went to watch him at Staples Center. Like, I like him and his comedy. I like Roy Wood Jr. and that group. I just mm-hmm. feel like during the pandemic, there are some shows and some comedians that need the audience, right, to, to help add to the laughs. And there's some that don't, right? Like, John Oliver doesn't need it. Like, he's still funny to me every time. Um, I think Kevin Hart does. He had that special where he did it in his house, you know, and it was a real small group of people in his house. And it was like, mm, kind of feel like you need an arena, dog. Yeah, I could see that. And I think Trevor was one of those guys for me. Um, So, like, I haven't watched Comedy Central, to your point, LZ, in a while because I was a daily show person up until the pandemic. And then for about a a couple of months, I was still watching. And then I'm like, yeah, it just faded out of, like, my – I used to have it on season pass, like, record. And I just was like – I ended up having, like, 20 episodes. And I'm like, 
am I really going to watch 20 episodes of Trevor Noah? Probably not. You know, like, so let me just delete them and just get. And then I took the extra step. Because to me, that's the extra step. One thing is to delete, okay, off your DVR. The extra step is to go, I'm taking it off the season pass. Like that, that you know, that to me is like you are literally saying goodbye. As much yeah, as yeah. I love Trevor, right. I bid him adieu at that point. Yeah, you're hurting the guy because really he doesn't care if you watch. He just cares if you DVR. If you DVR, he gets credit. It if counts. You right. Yeah. Now, when the audience is back in the studio, I will watch The Daily Show again. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So, but, Chappelle, you know, so I, I, I would love to see him. I've never seen him live. I've never seen Chappelle live. No. Okay. I'd love to see him. I think this is an amazing giveaway. So the MGM Grand on July 3rd, that's unbelievable. I mean, and you get hotels. So, I mean, you're starting to make your 4th of July plans right now. You got your vaccination. You're thinking I'm ready to go. All of a sudden, we're hooking you up with the 4th of July weekend here in Vegas. I mean, at least right. we got you for a hotel room on the night of the show. Right. Right. And there, you know what? That weekend in Vegas... I mean, there could be more. There could be a fight, right? There's always a fight around that time, whether it's the UFC or boxing. There could be some, uh, something else you could take in while you're there. All right. Well, That's I hope somebody, somebody today who's listening right now, who's with us from this very moment, the start of the show, right. till the very end of the show when we're pushing towards 7 p.m., I hope that whoever's listening now becomes the winner today because the early listeners, fellas, they're the ones that have the great advantage. Right, so because we, we're, we're going to play this game again, right, where basically you need to listen to the entire show. And if you listen to the entire show, and we had a guy that won last time when we had a big prize like this that took notes, literally took notes in a notebook or put it in his, maybe in his notepads, I, I guess, on his iPhone or whatever. I, know, I feel it was like on paper with a pen. Oh, no, there was paper because I did hear the pages. That is right. correct. Um, and, and he... He wrote things down as we said things throughout the show because the, at the end of the show in the 640 segment, Kaplan, we are going to basically quiz the audience, right? That's right. That's right. So you got to listen carefully because LZ's going to say something and we're going to come back at 640 and go, you know, it was about uh, 406 in the afternoon and LZ said blank. What did he say? And then you have to have that answer. So you need to listen carefully. Yeah. You need to take notes. You need to be engaged with today's broadcast. And then you got to hit the phones later because if you're on first, you've got a chance to run the table. But it's the last person standing who answers question five. Right. That's the winner. You don't have to answer all five. You just have to make sure you get number five. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Think about heartbreak. You know, it's like somebody's listening really intently. They answer the first four questions. They can't get number five. They fall off. Next guy comes on. Bang. He gets five. All he needed to do was answer one question. He's got the Chappelle tickets. So listen carefully and then make sure you're hitting the phones when asked to do so. So I hope somebody early wins. Somebody who's listening now. Yeah. Reward them. Yes. Um, so anyway, Dave Chappelle, we're giving him away, not him, the show away, <laughs> giving the tickets to the show away on July 3rd at MGM Grand, in including a hotel about. stays. So there you go. That would be crazy if we are, you know, we're just like, Hey, Dave Chappelle, you get to hang out with him for the day. Um, but that's not what's happening. We're letting you go see him on, on the show. Uh, so speaking of the show on this show, we have spent a lot of time talking about the Lakers. Okay. Now. We spent a lot of time specifically talking about LeBron James. And Agent Wardjanowski was on Get Up this morning, okay? And Mike Greenberg asked him specifically about LeBron's health. Laura, I know we have some sound from Get Up this morning, okay? So let me hear what Woj had to say about LeBron, because we know he's going to miss the next two games, Clippers and Blazers. 
but what he said basically about his health the rest of the season, including the postseason. Interesting. Or not. I think he's enactment. going to try to play again in the regular season, Greeny. Uh, it may be later next week. Uh, listen, he's got a tremendous threshold for pain. He has shown that in his career and, and certainly a determination to play. But that ankle does need rest right now. And he, he probably can't get it fully healthy until the offseason. He's going to have to play with discomfort in the playoffs so we'll see as we get into next week and get closer uh, to the final games of the regular season whether LeBron wants to push it or continue to try to give it some time and try to get back as close as he can to 100%. I don't think he's going to be able to be fully 100% for the rest of the season. You know, he's going to probably have to play with discomfort in it. All right. I, I, so, so let me give you some context to that commentary from this morning. You know, Woj reported when LeBron initially um, started to miss games again that he had re-aggravated his ankle injury. Now, there was some pushback from the Lakers organization um, outwardly on that. But I, I don't know what's true and what's not. But in this – look, Woj doesn't miss very often, LZ. And when he writes something, he is very careful in how he crafts that, Okay. And, you know, I'm trusting our guy on this one. And that's not good news by any stretch of the imagination. Not the initial report and certainly not what he told Mike Greenberg there. No, it is not good news. Um, but, you know, there are very few superstars in the league right now who are 100%. So the question is a one of math, right? Because obviously when we remember LeBron James before the ankle sprain, he was leading the consensus or at least tied for first as MVP. So we knew before the injury, he was still far and away the best or at least among the best players. The question is, how much less can we afford to lose of that and still win a championship? You know, can we can we do it with an 80% LeBron? Can we do it with a 75? No. What's the percentage increase of Anthony Davis – and what he's doing for us that we're going to need to help balance it out to make up for the things that we're losing from LeBron. Because, I mean, you kind of knew, based on the duration of his absence, that the comeback, he wasn't going to be 100% because he was gone for so long, you knew it was a serious injury. And serious injuries with soft tissues just going to take longer to build everything back up, particularly your mind, to have the confidence well, to push off of it the way you need to. And a reaggravation cap is is the part there that well that's just it. He came back too soon. He came back figuring Sacramento and Toronto could be preseason games, and then he'd jump right in for Denver, the Clippers, Portland, and Phoenix. But the reaggravation tells us that what what Woj is reporting is not necessarily something that most of us couldn't figure out for ourselves. He's not going to be a hundred percent. And then the question becomes. If he's 75 or 80, is that enough? And that will depend, I think, in large part based on who the Lakers play at what time and what that team's health might be. Um, it's pretty obvious. I mean, all the talk about he's on the decline, we didn't think so pre-injury. And now a lot of us do because two of the last three years, he's been hurt and missed a lot of time.
All right, let's get into that on the other side because Max Kellerman dropped something similar to that earlier today on First Take and on the radio here on this station. So we can dive into some of that on the other side. Plus, uh, we can get into uh, some of the Dodgers' woes uh, that continue here. Greg has a theory, though. Greg has a Dodger theory. You are not going to want to miss this theory. That's all I'm telling you. So we'll get to that in a second. And by the way, you can win a pair of tickets to see Dave Chappelle again and friends on Saturday, July 3rd at MGM Grand. Uh, includes a one-night hotel stay. Uh, so we told you how you can win, but if you want tickets, again, on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at access.com. This portion of the show is presented by Lyman Health Plan, changing health care one person at a time. All right, we'll be back in three minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Sedano, LZ, and Cap, don't forget, we're giving away tickets to see Dave Chappelle on Saturday, July 3rd at the MGM Grand, including a one-night hotel stay. How do you win? Simple. You keep notes on our show today. And at the 640 segment, we're going to do a pop quiz. And whoever gets the fifth, you have to look, it's basically whoever gets the fifth question right. You got to get through five questions. But if the people before you, um, get one, two, three, and four, and you're left with five, and you get it right, you win. So it's a matter of luck of the draw as well, so make sure you tune into that. Before we get to Greg's crazy uh, – I shouldn't say crazy. I shouldn't lead the witnesses. Uh, Greg's Dodger theory – I should say that better. <laughs> um, Max Kellerman today, gentlemen, on First Take and on his radio show, was talking about LeBron James. We were just talking about him and his injury that we were just discussing in regards to him not being 100% for the whole season. So Max started to lay this out as perhaps this is more than just one injury for LeBron. Perhaps there is a bigger implication here. Here's what Max said. But I'll tell you this. You know what the highly placed, who the highly placed source is, uh, Perk, who has revealed to the world, and now it's been a couple days since he revealed it, that LeBron James is in decline? LeBron James! And for some reason, am I the only person who notices is talking about this? A couple days ago, LeBron said, I doubt that I'll be 100. I don't think I'll, you know, I knew it was a chance I wasn't going to be 100% this season. In fact, I don't think I'll ever be 100% again in my career. Now, don't tell me, well, no player, blah, blah, blah. Do you have injuries? No, 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 no. 100% means 100% of what you have been. And make no mistake about it. LeBron James every year is in the finals and many years has won the championship because when the dust settles, when the smoke clears, it's clear he's still the best player in the world. Are we still sure about that? So are we still sure about that, LZ Granderson? If the injuries are piling up, it is now two years, two of the last three years at age 36. Is there... Finally, a question about LeBron's, not just his longevity, but his availability on a more regular basis. So, the conversation is, is a 36-year-old athlete on the decline? I'm going to say yes. (laughs) Yes, it's quite possible that a 36-year-old athlete 
it's quite possible that a 36-year-old person physically is already on decline. And we know this from science. So I'm not shook by anything that Max Kellerman said because it's pretty obvious. He didn't say anything that should shake anybody. We knew when we signed him, we were getting him in the t- towards the end of his career. So we know what that all means. Here's the real issue. The issue isn't whether or not he'll ever be 100% again or whether or not he's in decline. That's not the issue. The issue is, can he or can he not still lead a team to a championship? The great Roger Federer, who's the same age as LeBron James, actually I think he's one year older, is no longer able to beat Rafa and Joker, his rivals, sort of rivals, consistently anymore in the big matches. So we have information on where he is in his career. The great Serena Williams, who is also a similar age as LeBron James, really, really talented player, obviously the greatest of all time, but she hasn't won a chip since she came back from giving birth. She's gotten to multiple finals, but she hasn't been able to get over those players consistently now, and now we're getting more information about where she is. That's not where LeBron is right now. Okay. LeBron James is coming off of injury, yes, but my two earlier examples of similar ghosts of similar age, they're healthy and just getting beaten. We know when LeBron James is healthy, he's not getting beaten. So he's not in that category. He's still singular, in my opinion. Well, will he come back and be healthy enough to do what you're talking about? And if he isn't healthy enough to lead a team to a championship, particularly this year, then we'll probably be having the same conversation next year, again, depending on how many games he plays. Should we start thinking of LeBron James as a guy who should play 50 games a season because you have to just assume that as he's getting older, he's going to have to deal with more injury issues because, again, this is now two of the last three years. I've always thought he's superhuman. I've always thought there's nobody that's built like him, and yet he's not superhuman. He's a real guy who's now gotten hurt again, and not just is his body hurt, but it at least sounds... Now, again, LeBron might be trying to set us up here, but it sounds like he's dealing with some reality in his mind and his heart, like, guess what? I'm not indestructible. Guess what? I am just a human being, and I may not be able to just keep on going for the next three, four, five years. I may not be Tom Brady, a champion in my 40s. And he just sounds like somebody, at least with the quote that he'll never be 100%, like somebody who's, who's facing some realities. 877-710-ESPN. We have King on the line. King wants to talk about the Lakers. What's up, King? It's time for us all to hold the Lakers front office accountable. It's time for us all to admit that the Lakers made the wrong moves at the buyout deadline. For one, they should have kept Damian Jones. And they should have got DeMarcus Cousins. Let's start there. DeMarcus Cousins should have never been allowed to go to the Clippers. I think now that they have him, they have enough to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. I thought I would never say anything like that in my life. I despise the Clippers. But reality has set in. Andre Drummond, I don't know. I like I like the talent, but it's just made the locker room a mess. You got Kyle Kuzma sneak dissing in the media. I feel like the locker room's a mess. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be the toughest Lakers chip to get. Well, King, thank you for the call. I, I will say that the 
I don't – and we talked about this a little yesterday, LZ, is that I don't think the path um, is as easy. And I think that this one will be, to King's point, will be tougher. If the Lakers right now, as currently constituted, with LeBron coming back for the playoffs, not at 100%, if they end up having to play the Clippers or Phoenix in the first round – I would have real trepidation in a series like that. Now, if they can ease their way into a matchup like that and at least get one round in where they can catch their footing against one of those two teams, then I would feel a lot better. There was no hotter team last season, in the bubble anyway, than the Portland Trailblazers. There was no hotter player in the league at that time than Damian Lillard. There were Hall of Fame NBA players worried about the Lakers. Charles Barkley went so far as to say they were going to lose. What was this based on? The way that they were playing. The way that both teams were playing. I was nervous because I knew how good that dude is over in Portland. And what happened? (laughs) So I understand that it is uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable when your favorite team is struggling for whatever reasons. But I'm not hitting the panic meter on LeBron in his career because I've yet to see him walk and pull a muscle. I've seen him slip and tear something. I've seen him land on someone's foot and twist something. But I haven't seen the type of injuries where you go, "Uh uh-oh, non-contact, and you're out for how long? Ah, hadn't seen that. So I'm good with him. When it comes to how they're playing right now, yeah, they're not playing great. Yeah. There seems to be some rift going on because obviously Kuz is, is lobbying for Marcus Gasol and Marcus Gasol is lobbying for himself and, and Andre Drummond is still trying to figure out what he is in this in this front court with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and it's hard to do that when you've only got two games with all the other two guys to try to figure that out. There's a lot of moving parts right now. But I swear to you, this is all part of LeBron James's mystique. Because we've had these conversations about the Cleveland Cavaliers. We were like, oh, my God, are they even going to win 50 games? Now they got to face, you know, an upstart in, in Boston, and Boston's playing really well, and they're going to take it to him, blah, blah, blah. And the dude's back in the finals. Yeah, this is different, LZ. This is different. totally different. They're all different, and they're all the same. No, no, it's different. And they're all the same. It's different. And uh, we'll uh, explain injuries, after the game. This makes it different. Very different. A- after the game, Cap, you can go, and then and, and, I'll, I'll, and I'll, you give your reasons. I'll give my reasons. I think this is different. Um, this feels different. It, it looks different. I think it's completely different. So we'll get into that. we got to play overrated, underrated, properly rated. We'll do all that in just a moment, so stick around. We're going to get to Greg's Dodger theory. We're going to – how about we push this back to, like, 515. Greg's Do- – that way we can tease this. I want people to really get a feel for Greg's Dodger theory because you're going to be like – you're either going to be, like, blown away or you're going to be like, man, you're crazy. So it, it's – there. There's no in-between, LZ Granderson, <laughs> is all I'm saying. All right. all right. Overrated, underrated, properly rated in three and a half minutes. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
All right, thank you, Chris. And we are going to start with LZ because I'm curious how you would take this. So, LZ, a couple of friends of m- and I have a bit of a prank war that's been going on for about 15 years. Um, and my buddy, who's in Colorado now, his birthday is coming up at the end of the month. So I went and I sent him a frustration box, which is a box that you really can't open. It takes like an hour to get it open. And then when you actually get inside, there's nothing but um, but sand and foam in it. So is this prank overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Oh, that's underrated. Yeah. Because when you give a guy a box like that, his male pride won't allow him to ask for help. So he's going to be committed to trying to open that box. Right. And he's going to drive himself mad because he doesn't want to admit that he can't open the box. That's designed for him not to be able to open. I think it's a perfect prank Perfectly underrated. Well played, Bergman. I didn't know you had that in your up your cards there. Thank you, sir. God, that whole thing just irritates the hell out of me just listening to it. Like, <laughs> the notion of getting that in the mail and having to sit there and play with it. And I'd be yelling at myself and I'd be frustrated. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? I can't open this thing up. My goodness, how did I get through school? Like, I'd just be beating the hell out of myself. And then when I finally got the thing open and that's the deal... Oh, would I be irritated? I mean, I'm like irritated right now just by the whole, the joke of the whole thing. I'm going overrated. I don't like it. <laughs> overrated because you don't like it because you right, see yourself in the position yeah. of being the frustrated one. That's funny. I'm going to say properly rated. I, I think that uh, you had a, uh, a mission and your mission was successful. So uh, I'm curious as to how much that cost you with the shipping and the handling and the whole nine. $22 shipping and handling fully uh, that's done. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good price. There you go. All right, what's next? Actually, LZ has an overrated, underrated properly. What you got, LZ? Oh. All righty. We have with us right now a new board operator. Is that not true? Yes. Yes. Board ops. Do you know his name? I just asked Laura. Hold on. I think it's Taylor Smith. Taylor. Taylor Swift. Not Taylor Swift. No. I was like, I was like, damn, girl, records ain't been selling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> board ops, underrated, overrated, properly rated. Oh, I would say completely underrated. Thank that you. job is hard, and especially right now during a pandemic where we're not all in studio. Because, look, I'm going to take people behind the scenes. When we're in a one studio, um, generally there is – and it just depends on which studio, right? Like, generally there's one button that they have to press to turn on the whole studio, and then we can turn on and off our own microphones. But since we're all doing the show from home because of the pandemic or from the since the pandemic – there are a lot more buttons to press, not to mention, you know, before Greg got vaccinated and all that stuff and wasn't in studio, uh, you know, they were dealing with the phones and then dealing with emails flying in from all the different bosses and then having to actually run the show, hit the sound, do all the thing, play the commercial. That job is underrated as hell. Totally underrated. You know, back in the old days, there used to be somebody standing at the board and then there would be somebody standing behind them working the phones or, or doing other stuff. And as the business has contracted, if you will, um, one person has to do so much more than ever before. Right. So Laura and uh, T. Sizzle, Swizzle, Taylor Swift, and anybody else, Jorge, anybody who runs a board, much appreciation, man, because that's a tough job. They are 100% underrated. We would not be on the air 
this station, ESPN 710, would not exist without them actually being here every single day, putting themselves at risk, like George was saying, every single day throughout COVID, being here every day, easily the most underrated people here. Well, it okay. proved out yesterday when, when Laura didn't make it back from the <laughs> <ladies> <laughs> From the bathroom. I mean, right. yeah. yeah. Right, Laura? You know, yeah. you didn't make it back, and Greg just couldn't get it done. I mean, and apparently we were off the air for like so so long that the network fired off. <laughs> so all of a sudden you got to hear Sarah Spain and people were probably like, what is happening? <laughs> and they, they're like, damn, Laura's voice sounds different. Just so, goes to yeah. show you, underrated. Yeah. All right, Greg, next. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you, actually, do you have one more? Because I wanted to get back to this Lakers thing, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we'll start with you, George, though. Uh, so this Gonzaga-UCLA Final Four was heartbreaking for me, but it sure. was base, It was a hell of a game. So much so that Mick Cronin and Mark Few are working together to try and have a rematch in November. There are challenges. It may not happen, but they are trying to make it work. Would this matchup in November be overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Um, I would say it's uh, properly rated because, you know, look, people like would like the rematch. I think that college basketball has... Two sets. Now, clearly, we all know March is the time to watch, obviously. But um, I do think that we get some of the best cool regular season matchups in that first month in November. And they're obviously, you know, outside of conference and whatnot. So much like college football does a similar thing in August or September. I like that part. So I would say properly rated. I would still watch. Yes. I'll go overrated. I mean, come on. It's it's a. It's an out-of-conference, early-season college basketball game, and maybe the UCLA fans are really into it, and the Gonzaga fans are like, we already won the one that really counted. I just don't see it as being that, that really that big of a deal, so I'm going to go overrated. I'm going to agree with Cap. Totally overrated. Like, the player who ended the game is not even going to be there. Right. What are we doing here? Yeah, different roster. <laughs> I mean, now, if you want to go and, like, do like an old school version of it and maybe find like Adam Morrison or something like that. I might watch that. <laughs> Adam Morrison with that bad stash. Dan Dickow. Yeah. Go do that. Mm. Dan Dickow. That's such a great Gonzaga player. That's a good guy. Um, it's like That's a perfect a pull. pull. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous of All that right. one. So that is uh, overrated, underrated, properly rated, brought to us by our friends at KNN Filtration. All right. So, LZ, you were saying as we were talking about LeBron and the Lakers situation, that you were basically saying, you know, last year the Portland Trailblazers were the hot team and they, everybody was the hot team facing the Lakers and that eventually, you know, the Lakers were struggling, right, at the beginning of the bubble, at the end of the regular season, and then everything kind of, you know, flipped on its head and the Lakers went on this crazy run and, and they won the championship. And all that absolutely did happen. But I think this is completely different because we're not dealing with Anthony Davis miss, coming off uh, an injury where he missed 42 games and an injury where LeBron James is being, it's being reported that he is not going to be near himself uh, on this particular path through the playoffs. Now, look, perhaps that those guys at a certain percentage, as you mentioned earlier, is enough, but I don't see that as the same thing. And Cap, I would imagine you would agree with that. I just think that you got to look at it all the way around. LeBron is hurt, came rushing back and got hurt again. So when we say he's not going to be 100% the rest of the year, of course he's not going to be 100% the rest of the year. There's not enough time for him to heal. And the more wear and tear on the ankle, the more likely there's going to be deterioration. That'd be my guess, okay? I'm not Dr. Clapper. Now, I'm not sure Anthony Davis is back. He played his best game 
since he's come back, and he had a huge shot late, and he had a huge block, obviously. But I'm not sure yet that Anthony Davis is back. I know this, that they haven't had time to gel and work together and practice and run plays and, and get a chemistry. And Schroeder being out here in the latter part of the year. That's true. I, think I didn't also, even think about that part It's of it. another yep. box to check. I mean, I think point is, is this. They've hit the perfect storm. Now, if they can overcome, that will add to the legend of LeBron. Yeah. But reality is, this is not the same team from a year ago. Um, coming up next, LZ, if you want to address uh, that, we can get that on the other side. Plus, do you trust the people in your group chat, okay, uh -oh. on your phone? That's the question we're going to ask on the other side. How tight is your friend circle? Well, Aaron Rodgers found out, apparently, not as tight as he thought. 877-710-ESPN if you want to hop aboard. We'll be back in about three and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano LZ Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. Before we get into how tight your circle is on your group chat, I want to congratulate LZ. We were talking about uh, Latinos in space the other day and how we finally got Latinos in space and... You know, we were talking about it was a proud moment for our people because, as you said, we didn't know if we were going to make it um, <laughs> based on uh, some of the movies and, uh, that it, and shows that had been out previously. But congratulations. Black Superman is on his way, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Nah, I don't want that. What? I don't want anything to do with that. What do you mean? I don't want no broke-ass, hand-me-down, Negro superhero after we had Black Panther. Too late, DC. You missed your chance. <laughs> so you're saying they had to have done it before Black Panther was out? They had to have done it when it looked as if they were doing it because they thought it was good to do, not right. because it was popular to do. So, or good business. Or good business. Right. Plus, I'm not even sure if it's a light-skinned Superman Meat, or cocoa Superman or milk chocolate, dark chocolate Superman. I need well, all these deets. Yeah, but you, but see who, like, you remember Superman is to be both Clark Kent and Superman. So well, he can't be Clark Kent because we'll know he's Superman if you got a brother running around saying he's Clark Kent. We already don't know who he is. <laughs> a damn brother's name Clark Kent. We have Clark Kellogg. We got Clark Kellogg. Right. I'll give you Clark Kellogg. Okay. You no know Clark Kent. Okay. Now, if you want to tell me, like, uh, what you know, Superman's name? What should Black Superman's name be? Well, it depends. Is it light skinned Superman? Okay, it, well, let, let's do this. Okay, if it's okay. light skinned Superman, then then what would his name be? Oh, he could be Clark Kent then. <laughs> Why can he be Clark Kent then? Because that 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 would work. That would work for him. <laughs> okay, what if he's Coco? Ooh, now we getting tricky. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. Now, Why? Because how do you get his ear pierced? Was it with a kryptonite earring? <laughs> no, Is definitely a not on? a kryptonite earring. It's <laughs> was it a clip no. on? Yeah, no. Because I was going to no. call him like Tyrone or Tyrese or something like that, but I need to make sure I can have the complete look. Okay. Speaking of the complete look, I would think that the tights 
might fit a little. We ain't wearing tights, man. We ain't wearing tights. Because I was going to say, LC. No, man, we ain't wearing tights, man. Like the the tights, dude. You know, would be very Uh, different. On the former, you know, Supermans versus the new Supermans. You know what I mean? It'd be a whole different deal going on. The whole, actually, the whole costume has to be changed. (laughs) Just redone? We need the S in Kente cloth. (laughs) We need the cape to have Africa, Mother Africa on the back of it. Yeah, you don't want me to be in charge of this. Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, you know, was the originator of of this idea, and and the Hollywood Reporter saying that it is uh, in they're in talks. Nah, man, it's you know it's fun, it's fine, whatever. You know, the the, the thing is with both universes, whether it's Marvel or, or DC, yeah. you know, I do appreciate the fact that they are reimagining um, these these characters because yeah. obviously when they were created, it was at yeah. a very different point in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they didn't like black people or Latino people at that point. Right. But now they like us enough. Yeah. Kind of enough. So um yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see them go back and go, hey, yeah. what if we were to put a black person in space? What would that look like? Yeah. That's um, edgy. Speaking of liking people, um mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers does not like the and we'll get to these calls here on the Lakers in a second. But he does not like his GM, Brian I'm okay, I want to make sure I get this name right because it's it's a tricky one. Okay, and it, finger it, on dumb button. Go. You can you can be very 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 much in trouble if you get this wrong. Hey, look, there was a show on TV called Shit's Creek. You can say the name. No, okay, the GM's name of the Packers is Bryant Gutkunst. Okay, what? that is his name. Gutkunst is his name. All right. Nice name. So, can you imagine growing up with that thing all your life. Oy I vey. mean, good lord. Yeah. So I anyway, apparently Aaron Rodgers um, was mocking the GM. Mm-hmm. In his group chats, by calling him Jerry Krause, basically saying that uh, he's in over his skis. And Adam Schefter has also reported prior to that 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 is kind of the genesis of this, his lack of being on the same page with uh, the general manager of the Packers, Scott Kaplan. So Yeah, well, to call him Jerry Krause, you know, you go back to the Michael Jordan documentary, and to call him Jerry Krause, what Jerry Krause wanted to do was – I'll get rid of Michael, and I'll prove that it's not Michael, it's me, it's right. my team, you know, right. it's my prowess of scouting, et cetera, et cetera. And so for Aaron Rodgers to call him Jerry Krause, what he's essentially saying is, dude, it's me, I'm the quarterback, and you think it's you, you're just the general manager. Right. And, and, and to, by the way, for all of this to get out, because it was part of his group text, I wonder if Aaron Rodgers is telling his buddies, hey, pass this along. What's the guy's name? The ESPN reporter up in Green Bay. What's that guy's name? Rob Domofsky. Yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. LZ, you seem to think that that could that could be that Aaron could be up to some stuff there. Well, it is what I said during our meeting before the show. It is that um, you know that Aaron probably wanted to make sure the information got out because he wanted to blow up the set because he's trying to get traded. So it's not. I don't necessarily interpret it as a. A betrayal of trust. It may actually be an executed plan. See, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I think there's something there. You know, yesterday we were talking about could the Packers be doing what they're doing and outwardly disrespecting him because they can't handle the PR of telling the truth to the fan base. I actually buy some of that. Well, I'll that's buy what some I said yesterday. Yeah, I I buy, I'll was, buy it. I, I thought it was, uh, you know, what teams do, and is actually what businesses tend to do. And. It might also be what individual players now tend to do, which is just planting stories. 
Right. So I, I, cause see, my thing was like, hey man, what happened to that group chat? You know what I mean? But you guys seem to think that it's uh, that this is all, you know, contrived in some way. I would think that Aaron Rodgers has enough people around him that are, I would call, PR-related people right. that are trying to manipulate the media. And when I say manipulate the media, they're putting things out, potentially, as they want it done. And so all in an effort to just get him out of there as soon as they can. And I would think that a player as, as famous and as wealthy, and I would call this in sports as powerful, uh, I would think he's got an entire team around him. This is hardly him by himself just doing this. Now, is Wonder guess. Woman going to be black too? Or is he oh. going to have the same Amazon? Mm. Are they going full on? Mm. Well, they just, you know, I mean, they, it, it's been a minute since they did a Superman movie, right? Like, is Lois Lane going to be a sister? Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, it would be more cool if you did, like, interracial. I mean, I actually think interracial is what we normally do. I would right. be interested in seeing actually black love okay. in, the, in the universe. Okay. You think that would be more impactful? Absolutely. Because okay. if, if, you, if you look throughout the course of, like, you know, movies and, and television throughout, like, the 80s and 90s, you know, it wasn't unusual to have interracial couples at that period of time because that was considered edgy. But what was sacrificed wasn't wasn't white couples. It was black couples. Mm -hmm. So they were like, well, we're going to have interracial couples, so let's have less black couples. And yeah. so we actually didn't see that, really, especially yeah. after the Cosby show went off. And so I would like to see, you know, black love in the universe the way that we saw it in Black Panther because I do believe that's unusual now. Well, I, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, Very we'll good, by that. the way, back and forth. Superman... Aaron Rodgers, Wonder Woman. I mean, we're back and forth. It's like a well, ping pong Aaron game. Well, Aaron Rodgers kind of superhero-esque, you know what I'm saying? Like I would say, you know, so they're, they're, I feel like it all ties in. Um, and what about listen, Aquaman? We got to keep him white, right? Because I don't know if any brother's going to dive that deep in the ocean <laughs> like that. Listen, he got to stay white. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry about that one, LZ, but he got to well, stay white. Well, wait a second. Aquaman. Jason Momoa was, uh, I mean, he's. Um, he, Laura he says a, we got a rap. She doesn't want us attacking Jason Momoa. Okay, yeah, clearly. She must <laughs> love Jason Momoa. All right, we got a full board of calls. We'll get your calls in. We're going to get back to the Lakers in a second because Matt Kellerman out here telling you LeBron's on the decline and that the Lakers season is in real turmoil. And you know what? I mean, it's at a weird teetering point for sure. And we got people chiming in. We'll get into that in a second here on 710 ESPN.